If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. How's your coffee? I love this coffee. Can I just can I just say something? What? We have... I'm going to give them a shout out because it's so fucking delicious. Yeah, go ahead. We have zero affiliation. Mm-hmm. Zero affiliation with Caveman Coffee. We do not work with them. We don't make a dime off of them. And I'm going to be honest, the coffee's a little expensive. And that's what I thought initially. And when you drink it, however... It is the most delicious yeah. coffee I've ever had. It's super well, fucking smooth. Yeah, your initial reaction is, ah, oh, it's expensive. I don't know. But then you start drinking other, like, coffees out there. It ruined coffee for just, me. I'm like, damn it. Well, I'm not going to say any names. I miss but it already. We've had, you know, we've already had several coffee companies that have been sending us their samples. They don't taste free- as good at all. They don't. None of them do. And it sucks because we've had a bunch of these guys offer us money and this and that. It's like, well, that would be awesome, but... Fuck! I'm, you're gonna, I'm gonna. How bad is that? Where I'm promoting some other coffee company, but I'm at home still drinking. Fucking makes me coffee. mad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I just no. I can't do that. I know. You know. And I, I went to. So I. It's because I started after we met. Uh, we did. We interviewed Tate, and he brought us a bunch of them, and we drank them. Um, I went and because I, I know that Starbucks sells cold cold brew also. Right. It's not, not the, the same, same at all. At all. And and Pete's does it too. And, and not the same. Not, I'm sorry. And I uh, love Pete's. Uh, I know, I know. You guys like to make fun of my tummy, but we do. The caveman coffee cold brew is this is the least irritating to my to yeah. my gut. The, something about the, the the nitrogen infused in it it makes it. I have no idea what that it's, does. It's because it reminds me like you you guys have had the Guinness cans that have that same yes. process. It's the same like it has that like kind of creamy like nice like mm. blended oh. like, yeah few, very smooth very smooth. smooth kind I do not, of flavor. I, have you blended it with MCT oil yet? Yeah, that doesn't work. No, no, no. Not coconut oil. Oh, uh, okay. Coconut oil won't work yeah. unless you heat it up. You have to take it and heat it up because coconut yeah, oil is I solid. I fucked that up. Because you said that. So the other morning, <laughs> I'm getting it's like three forty five in the morning, right? And I'm and I'm and I'm so mad too at you because of this because you said it right. Yeah, like chunks of like. Oh, coconut bro! Oil. It's if just so you know, if you blend <laughs> that up straight, coconut oil and then the uh, and, um, and cold and butter. It turned it turned your whole it turned my whole coffee into this like fucking butter. It turned it into it frothed it all up and made it these like cheesy balls. And the, my whole coffee had all these balls no, of cheese in to, it. And I was yeah. just like, you have to take the coffee. It's disgusting. It has to be. You have to warm it up. If you warm it up, then it'll melt. Or MCT oil is liquid at room temperature, so it won't it won't solidify. So get the actual liquid MCT oil, blend that bad boy in there, and now you're. Bing. That that I haven't tried, so I will I will track my. I know I have MCT laying around the house somewhere. I don't know where I put it, but uh, I I tried it with the coconut oil yeah. and failed miserably. It was, Dude, yeah. I was pissed. I wasted my five dollar can of fucking you threw it away? coffee. Of course I did. It was disgusting. What the fuck? You was, threw it away? It was disgusting. No, it's it's butter and coconut oil. No, bro. It was all ch- it turned How it into a bunch you? of ch- when you whipped it. I know. It turned it into. I'll still drink that no, shit. I won't no, no, throw it no, away. No, 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 no. The texture and the. So you was, went and got another can and just. Of course, it. of course. I have three cases, bro. I can do that. <laughs> I was just mad because I was. This guy's balling. I was just mad because he was wasted for. He's balling. Out of control. Got balling out of control. I'll just throw it away. Mind pumps made so much money for us that we throw coffee away sometimes. I wish it was my We don't give a fuck. I also burn money on the weekends. Roll my joints and C notes. I stopped using toilet paper, you know 
saying? Yeah. I'm using hundreds <laughs> clean my booty. Uh, that then Jefferson I pay, booty. Then, it, then I, pay, I pay my workers with it. Here we go. Here's some shitty C notes. Well, we did have a, we did have a, <laughs> uh, a promo code, though, for people that listen. They get a discount. Do we? Yeah, yeah. Is it still, still active? Yeah, sure. we'll I don't think tape. it's active. I, I think yeah. I tried it yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. No way. We got to yeah. get on those guys. Yeah. I don't think no. it's not. I think you just don't know how to do it. I well. typed it in, dude. Mind pump. <laughs> yeah. You got a point, Adam. Uh, yeah. Do you think that's what it was, Doug, or was it something else? Do you remember? No, it was mind pump. I think it was mind pump with no spaces. Hey, what's going on with your new gadget over there, dude? <laughs> I had it on and I turned it off. <laughs> it's got a little lag time. I, you know, I do yeah. that now. Now that I know he has his little gadget, I feel like I can just on the spot like yeah. have Doug answer and expect him to get right on right away well here if you if you go you know what i'm gonna say this i want to make sure that that tate knows we're because he's a cool guy if you go on and the, and the code doesn't work because i swear to god i tried it yesterday it was yesterday the day before right? i want you he, to I flood his instagram and shit and talk like, hey, to him yeah be like mind pump <laughs> just gave you a plug the freaking coupon doesn't work yeah, yeah. if it because I, I, I remember what when was it i texted it was like two days ago yeah when i asked you for the code or whatever and i yeah. what it was and then i found it and i tried it didn't work so fuck yeah. Still delicious. Yeah. Dude, you know what happened to me yesterday? So I went for, uh, so now that it's hot outside, I've been doing my, uh, what I do every summer, which is um, I sunbathe naked. Um, no, I, I went I went for a walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> Don't gag. Swallow. Mm, sorry. I'll, I went, uh, I, so I, I went. train harder. I went for a walk with, uh, with Jessica. You guys know who she is. And she's pretty built. So we're going for a walk and she's got a tank top on. I take my shirt off because I like to get the sun. And this car rolls up with like, there's like kids in there, probably, I don't know, 17, 18 year old kids. And they stop like, hey. And so we turn around like, how much do you bench? <laughs> and so for a, for a second, I went, wait a minute. And I said, who, me or her? <laughs> and they're like, both you guys. So I'm like, that's what I thought. And she's pretty built too. But uh, um, the, the, reason why I, the reason why I brought that up is two. Number one, I want you guys to know how cool I am that people say that to me. And number two... Why the fuck do we rank bench presses like some some like dude? That, yeah, it's so stupid. It's funny, and it's not because I don't like bench press. It is literally of all the big gross motor movement exercises, which bench press is one of them. So it's not a bad exercise. It's probably the least like important in terms mm. of strength. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like if you're gonna tangle with someone, yeah, you don't want to tangle with a dude that has like a heavy squat or a deadlift or an <laughs> overhead press. You'll pick the bencher unless they just boom yeah. push you. On your back. Well, I, the guy with a, a an impressive, yeah, but if he has like weak hips and stuff. Well, no, a guy who push himself. A guy who pushes. I, I think overhead press is a big deal. A guy yeah. who could. That's over, what, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Strong oh, shoulders yeah. are, are everything. No, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Like I would, if you were to take the major lifts and rank them yeah, in bench order, would be last at all. Bench would probably be last. Your chest gets in the way. Yeah. You know, and you see that with baseball a lot of the times the guys that like you know have benched too much and they get up to bat and their swing and their mechanics and you know it's just. It gets in the way, you know. You could you could overbuild, you know, a certain part of your body that's gonna like like you know detract from your performance. Which sucks because I think it's one of our best parts as far as putting the male physique together. When you're when you're building a male physique, like having this this big full chest, it's good to beat on. <gasps> yeah, yeah. No, you know what? It's the reason why I can wear V necks in South yeah. Kent. Is that so you, you, gotta, like you a got a gorilla? This, yeah. <laughs> If you got, listen, you, bro, that, that's a sensitive subject. <laughs> I talk like, shit, but it's like my best lift. It's like the one I would bring up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean. you know what? Let me tell you why big pecs became popular. It's not because fucking women like them. It's because bodybuilding. Uh, wrong. No. Yeah. No, I didn't wrong. say they. Don't, I didn't say they, <laughs> they don't like them. Like yeah, no, they yeah. do. No, they, they like they, them a no, lot. Actually, they, I've had a hey, lot of girls tell me hey, that. Hey, bro, that's <laughs> so. 
Yeah. Wrong. They like them. <laughs> Listen they to like, what I'm saying. The first time I've caught you on my end, like that's totally false. Let me let, hold on. Let me finish. Okay. You fucks. <laughs> if you were to take, I can't wait to hear this. If you were to take, there. if you were to take a list of body parts that women find attractive. Chest wouldn't be in it's the top three. five. It's nah. number three. Nah. Hmm. Arms. We could have a be Arms, abs, abs and then abs, chest. Right. Abs, Arms for sure. Yeah. Abs. Yeah. Back. Uh-huh. Back no, is. No. Yes, it is. Not over not. chest. No oh, way over yeah, chest, no bro. Way. No way. No way. No way. You think so? I, I know I think so. It's back. I've read the surveys, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's been, it's been. I've read the surveys. Yeah. I've <laughs> <laughs> had that in men's health a million times yeah. already, bro. I've read that survey at least at least 10 or 15. I'm telling you, abs. These girls these days with glutes, though, what's that all about? They, they love dude's ass. Well, I think that that translates to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's weird, right? That's by it's the like way, a new thing. Incidentally, that's the name of our next program: yeah. dude's ass. Dude. Yeah. If you Matt's love that, dude's dude's ass. luckily we all squat, yeah. so we're Hashtag okay. Dude ass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I don't. Unfortunately, bro, I hate to break this to you, but chest is. You're def- not breaking anything to me. Yeah, I'm very confident <laughs> with the way I look. Um, well, I but think- all I'm saying is, is that uh, from from what I've from what I've heard. And from what I've from seen, the girls that are trying to close you, <laughs> <laughs> like don't worry, Sal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't just like, doesn't do matter to me. Yeah. <laughs> just doesn't matter to me. Exactly. I love a guy with a great back who could deadlift five hundred pounds. That That's guy's what cock is too big. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's too much for me. I just can't. You know, like what you have is perfect. I like yours. It's not too <laughs> yeah. big. Yeah. It's, that it's really the, how you, you're using it. That you know? has to be the girls worst. don't like big dicks. Yeah. That's don't. No. no. That's what they tell me. They tell me that all the time. It's just. Too much. Girls don't like guys you know with I mean? a lot of money. They think it's yeah. ugly. Yeah. Yeah. They tell That's me that right. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather you be like more poor. <laughs> fuck you and fuck you. Yeah. you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> no, all I right. really think I really think a, a chest br- brings the male physique to. I mean, for me, it was one of my biggest challenges for a very long time. It had to been. God, I felt like it was eight years into training, and I mean hammering my chest before. And I was I was a guy who couldn't. I took me forever before I even got the big wheels. I remember it was such a big day for me. <laughs> like they get the forty fives on yeah. there, you know, I was bench pressing the twenty fives and shit forever. Like I had no chest strength, I had terrible form. Like, oh, it was a nightmare for me to try and build my chest, and took a long time. And I, I still don't think I have this massive or impressive chest that whatsoever. But it's come a long way from where where it was for sure, and it's taken a lot of work. And I and I have to say, it's it's one of the things on my physique that I've put a lot of work into that I'm most proud of. Same thing goes with my shoulders. Those two things were two huge lagging body parts mm-hmm. that when they started to develop and come together, I think brought my overall physique. See, I thought I thought women like forearms. I thought forearms was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know you spend you... a lot of alone time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah, what I would think. That's what I would think, yeah. too. Huh? Run! <gasps> Yow! It's the motherfucking qua! Bring us the questions, Doug. The eagle has landed. The first hey, one. <laughs> I had to do that at least once to you. Yeah, you I did steal yours a couple. Yeah. Yeah, from, Fair enough. Ty Leash. Difference between training men and women. Mm. Um, uh, well, you can't do Kegels with men. This is true. No. Uh, so here. Well, <laughs> butt Kegels? Yeah, is that a thing? They call them Beagles. Beagles. <laughs> here's, here's, this is a great question. Uh, are there differences between the between men and women? Of sure. course. Yeah, of course there are. are. Mm-hmm. Our, vagina. Yeah, yeah. True. Very penis. good, Adam. Another, Very good. You pass. Truth. <laughs> Adam yeah. knows his stuff. He, he did anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> Not the physiology part, but just Here, anatomy. Here's the thing. Uh, 
of the if you look at the differences between men and women, they pale in comparison uh, when you compare them to the individual differences between different people, between Ooh, different women and different men. Very good point. So if I were to say you train women this way and you train men this way, it would be horribly inaccurate and ineffective. Because if I'm going to talk about the differences between training people, I'm not going to look at gender. I'm going to look at the individual. Mm-hmm. And that's really the key when it comes to training. Mm-hmm. Now, the general rules of training. Uh, well, you know, before you go any further, let's explain that. Because sometimes you say something that you just assume everybody gets what you just meant by that. Okay. No, yeah. That like bo- body types, in other words, and your genetic makeup. Your lifestyle and how you respond that, to exercise right. and your Which experience. And we've, all, we've all seen this, right? And we'll, we'll take a, a guy, male or female. uh that you look at and they have never even touched weights before, but you remember looking at them in high school and they already had shoulders and arms to them and they, they look like they were built already. That female is totally different than the girl who's all petite and skinny as rails and has little to no muscle definition whatsoever to her. And the way they respond to weights is going to be incredibly different. So thinking about it, and the male is the exact same thing. So those, mm-hmm. the male who is just naturally built like that and has these, these aesthetics already at a young age before they even lifted weights, they're going to respond probably a lot differently than somebody else. And then and it goes all the way and up. There's to, all kinds of factors like uh, what kind of injuries you may have had, what kind of muscle imbalances you have, what your lifestyle looks like, your diet, your emotional. There's emotional component, your mood, energy. I mean, there's so many variables that make big impacts yeah. in terms of how you should train that your gender is at the bottom. It's at the bottom. It's like, if I train someone, I've been personal training now for almost two decades, and you guys almost as long. Uh, The last thing I consider when I train someone is their gender. Like, when I ask someone questions on their assessment, I'm not writing down like, this is a woman, therefore I need to consider these factors. I kind of don't. The factors I need to consider tend to be very individual. Now, yes, there's hormonal changes and differences between men and women. Um, you know, uh, there's different cons- general considerations, but no, there's no yeah, difference. But it's like, a scale of weight. Like, you know, yeah. I, think, I think the misconception is that like, well, men will definitely want to drive the heavy, heavy weights with men. And then we're going to do like donkey kicks all day with, with women. I That's all that. advertising. Uh, such bullshit. That's all bullshit marketing. And, and, and here's the thing, like... Uh, Women want to see progress just like, you know, it, it's it's incremental the amount of, you know, weight that they can handle. And so you you assess it based off of like their ability and then you try and increase their ability. It's very simple. It's not like it's it's drastically different than the way a, a male would train all the same mechanics, uh, you know, how their body moves. It's the same. No, so, yeah, but some of the biggest lies in the fitness industry were put out to sell women uh, products uh, and gym memberships and supplements. Um, so, you know, initially fitness was dominated by men because it was considered unladylike for a woman to be physically active. Um, and as uh, so men were the ones that were in gymnasiums. That's why we call them gym. They were actually originally called gymnasiums. And um, eventually, you know, the gym industry realized, holy shit, there's, there could, you know, women want to lose weight, want to get in shape or whatever, um, we can make a lot of money off them, but how are we going to attract them to something that has been, society has deemed very male? Yeah. And so what they've done is they've, they've created a bunch of bullshit, you know, marketing and, and, and words to attract women, like the word tone. The word tone was 100% invented to get women to lift weights in gyms or to get women to buy memberships. Just to soften up the word muscle. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they don't want to say muscle, build man. muscle because 
you know, in the 70s or 60s or 80s when women started flocking to gyms, if you told a woman she was going to build muscle, she'd fuck no, I'm not touching that. That's not about no, 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 don't worry. You're not going to build muscle. You're just going to tone. Oh, okay. I want to do that. Yeah. Like that's a that's a made up word. Muscles don't tone. They build or they. Shrink. It's a made up word that still works. You They're still have still to use used, it. Yeah. Still used. And I think yeah. well, weren't we doing Very a used. weren't we doing a seminar or doing something? What were we all together? And I and I said the word, you know. And I remember yeah. s- catching myself like, see, that just goes to show you how much it's been implanted in my own oh, brain. Yeah. When I'm talking to a woman, I naturally stay away from words that I know are going to affect them that way. And that's just because well, I had to sell. I used to have to sell training, and I was like, I know what's best for this woman, and I know that it doesn't. I, I I'm going to make her lift heavy weight, and I know I'm going to build muscle, and that's how this works but i can't present it that way because if i present it in a fact where in a manner where i'm saying okay what we're going to do is we're going to lift these weights and i'm going to build some some good muscle on you like oh my god well you're you're speaking to a look too you know with women a lot of times because it's like like sometimes like what they care about really is very aesthetic driven or it's like you know um you know like have have something in mind where they want to be you know and like sometimes there's a difference there maybe with well i want all these strength gains and i want to get massive and bigger and all this stuff and there's a process to that uh for for men but like at the same time like it's muscle like what you're just you're just building muscle and uh, uh uh you know most of your your physique obviously um, you know, nutritionally and the way that you're training, you're going to be affected a certain way. But like, you're what you're doing is building muscle. Oh, dude, tell a woman she's going to gain some muscle. You're going to gain a few pounds of muscle on the scale, yeah. and watch their faces. Like, no, <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> want to do that. I just want to tone. Yeah, or I like, just want to. I, I just want to get rid of the fat. I, yeah. I just want to get rid of the fat. I don't want to. Yeah, because what's build underneath any... all this fat is really, really good muscle. It's like, no, you don't have good muscle. We need to build something first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before we do that. Or how about this? How about the um, you know. Training in this fashion will give you long muscles. Will lengthen your muscles. Yeah, like lo- you, like you give you dancer, yeah, give you dancer, <laughs> dancer muscles. Mm. Pilates is, uh, is a great example. By the way, Pilates is a great, you know, uh, specific skill that does give you some exercise. There are some benefits to it. It's not the be all end all workout, but it is a good, uh, you know, good workout. It's very specific. It was designed for dancers, but that's how they advertise it. No, no, no. Don't lift weights and get big bulky muscles. Do Pilates and get long lean muscles. And then the way that they, uh, that they sell it is then they use the example of the ultimate form of Pilates, which is a ballet dancer. They'll say, look at a ballet dancer, very long, lean, tone muscle. Genetically, and then they'll was say, already- <laughs> and, then, and then they'll say, but look at a female bodybuilder. You don't want to look like that. And so this is why uh, this is why we've got so many. Uh, why the fitness industry has just created all this this, this false uh, narrative that women in particular need to be trained differently. And then the supplement industry just followed suit. You know, like yeah. here's this fat burner. For women. And it's pink. Yeah. Uh, and the bottle is a different color. I, you know, I used to have to tell women, like, when I'd see... And you could always tell right away when you... It's always the... You know what's funny? The girl who is most worried or concerned about looking like a dude has the worst genetics to everything. Has the least ability to <laughs> the ever least do ab- yeah. She comes in, I'm looking at her, and I'm going like, this is going to be very hard for us to build muscle. You just, you got you got shit genes just like me, right? That's what's going, th- <laughs> that's what's going through my head, right? When I see him, I'm looking at him, I'm like, they, we, she couldn't be more of an ectomorph, right? 
And she's telling me, I don't want to build a bunch of bulky ones. Listen, girl, we could train the next five years fucking trying to build as much muscle as you possibly can. Ain't gonna happen. And you ain't ever going to look anywhere near like these girls you're afraid you're going to look well, like. Well, it, it makes me laugh because this is the other thing that I'll tell women that I'll train. They'll say, no, 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 you don't understand. I build muscle so easily. You know, one lady told me, she's like, when I was 17, I worked at Baskin Robbins scooping ice cream. My arm got so muscular. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And this is what I told her. I said, look, okay. I said, you could literally have the most ridiculous muscle-building genes on the planet. You could have Serena Williams' muscle-building genes inside of you today, and I could give you a bunch of steroids, and we can lift weights hella hard today, and I promise you won't wake up tomorrow looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It still will take some time. <laughs> yeah, it takes a and if you're one of those blessed... Long time. If you're one of those lucky women that builds muscle easily, and believe me, you are lucky if you build muscle easily because you have a great ability to manipulate metabolism. But if you can build muscle easily... Uh, it's a great place to be where you get to the point where you go, you know what? I I'm going to stop lifting weights because I, I don't too wanna, much muscle. Yeah, I don't want to build too much muscle now. That's a fucking great yeah. place to be, but it won't happen overnight. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and look like Adam and be like, oh, yeah. fuck, I told him I don't want to build muscle. Now look at me. My <laughs> husband's never going to want to fuck me. <laughs> no. no, it won't happen that way. So there's really no difference between training men and women other than the individual differences between people. So, so true. Mally from Cali Fitness. Mally from Cali. How do you transition from tracking food religiously to eating mindfully? Oh, okay. This is cool. She's asking about so how to go from one, you know, how to go from a, a one relationship to food to a more favorable relationship to food. There's some challenges. I think we should talk about the challenges before. Well, it sounds like she's probably a, a competitor, right? Yeah, or so, she's in the industry, right? Or in the industry, like, because... I mean, for the most part, people that are like that obsessive about, uh, you know, tracking food and weighing food and all that kind of stuff, it definitely stems from a competitive nature, um, you know, from my experience. It is. I mean, here's why you don't want to always be stuck in this super strict tracking of food every single day. Because it makes, uh, it, it creates, it makes it a job. It makes it not... Um, enjoyable, you start to kind of lose track of the signals that your body tells you because you're so focused on the things that you're tracking. Because um, when people are speaking of tracking their food, they're talking about macro, you know, proteins, fats, carbs, and calories. Step one is you have to be okay with not hitting your macro sometimes. Now, that doesn't mean that you're okay with going way the fuck off the deep end, but you have to be okay with, you know, my target for protein is 120 grams and today I had 80. You have to be okay with that kind of stuff every once in a while. You have to be okay with feeding yourself um, and listening to signals other than um, performance in the gym, fat loss, or muscle gain. You have to sometimes listen to signals like um, uh, how I feel emotionally, how I feel energy-wise, my skin, my digestion, my sleep, my libido, and start to eat according to those. It doesn't mean you're going to be... uh, you know, mindless with your eating and I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. You're still paying attention to it. You're just reading different signals and saying to yourself, like, you know, I think today I need to eat a lot of vegetables or I think today I need to eat more fat. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, today I, I've noticed yesterday my performance was low and my energy was low. So I think today I need to increase my calories and, and I, I'm going to eat it in, in protein or whatever. I think that's an important point too. Like you're not going to like totally dismiss uh, all these metrics that, that are there, right? Like those are just things that you're going to be more aware of. Like even if it is like your body fat, like you can see that visibly, 
you know, so you're going to be able to wake up and, you know, however many weeks into your program, you can really assess and see how your body's changing throughout the entire process. But like we're, we're, we're more considering like more of the other feedback too, along, alongside that. So as far as, you know, if I've eaten enough, if, you know, if I'm, whatever I'm eating is, is causing like some sort of an inflammation or reaction and, uh, uh, you know, and then I'm going to adjust accordingly or if I feel like I'm probably not consuming as much water as I need or, you know, it, you have to start thinking of all these different things to become more intuitive and that takes practice. So, what, Adam, have you, have you tried making this transition? Cause I know you, you're, a, you're probably amongst the three of us, the, the biggest tracker. Yeah. And this is, I love these questions. Um, and I love these questions a lot because I, and I like to hear you guys go first. Cause I think we're all, uh, so different. Mm-hmm. Um, with the way our, our, our food relationship is um, and not saying that any of us have a better relationship than the other person just we have a different approach about what works really well, well. you're more in love than us huh? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we all, we all have just a different approach um, and obviously for someone who's competed uh, on stage and stuff with this I, I obviously had to you know there was you know you had to get to a point where I was tracking mm-hmm. uh, ridiculously. And I most certainly do not. I'm not tracking at the moment right now. Um, so I I have to have this this transition every time I get ready for a show and then when I come out of a show. And there's a couple things. First of all, uh, first and foremost, um, I, I am not I'm not somebody who who believes that you no know, you shouldn't track at one point. I'm so such a believer that. You know, if you get coached by me, it's mandatory that when we start, like, I want you to track and I and I want it to be a job and a pain in the ass for you because it's like going to school with me. I mean, I, and you're going to have to learn a little bit and we're and that's just part of it. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to put you through this. It's not going to be fun that you're I'm going to make you track and pay attention and log everything. But I just don't think you can really, really understand unless you've gone through all the schooling and you understand nutrition at the at the and experience and level that the guys in this room do. And even then, I I think that I was like my paradigm was shattered when I started to have to log and track and really pay attention to how different foods affected my body. Not and not just physically how I felt in performance, but obviously aesthetically because I'm getting on stage. So. Uh, first and foremost, I'm huge on tracking, tracking your food and, and figuring out what your body needs and then what you where it needs to be to get to wherever your goals are. Then from that point, once you feel like you have a really good understanding and by a really good understanding, that means I, I can I know that what um, a normal day of hitting my targets looks like. I know what, you know, 200 grams of protein looks like spread out over two meals or four meals or six meals, whatever your eating habits are. So I know what that looks like. Um, I know what, you know, 150 to 300 grams of carbohydrates looks like. I understand that. Then once I understand that and I know what my body needs, then I, then what I, all I do is then I'm looking at the markers like Sal and Justin were saying. I'm paying attention to how I feel and I'm just being mindful of you know, today I'm not tracking, I'm not paying attention. And, you know, it's here it is four o'clock and I've had uh, a, a me- one of my meals uh, had, you know, four or five eggs in it and I had a, a chicken apple sausage. And so I know that I'm sitting around 40 or so grams, give or take, I don't know, because I'm not tracking. I might have 40, I might have 60 grams of protein somewhere in that range 
uh, but still is not enough for where I need to be. So my next meal or two, uh, I need to be mindful of that when I when I make the choice of what I'm going to eat. Not going to weigh it, not going to measure it. Just going to be mindful of it that I still need a couple more servings of that protein. And or let's say I decided that morning I'm going to have a huge bowl of oatmeal plus a cup of fruit with it. I know now that I took in 75 to 100 grams of carbs. I'm I've got plenty of carbs to get my day going and and going through the rest of the day, and I don't need much later on the night. So maybe. Tonight, when I would normally come home and have, you know, uh, a carb, a protein, and a fat, maybe I just eliminate the carbohydrate, and I just I do things like that, and I adjust. But I, I couldn't have done that had I not tracked. First. No, tracking is the step. It's the next step from where most people are at. Then you get a track because they have to be conscious of what's going on. Then the step after that is, I think, what we're talking about, where you get to the mindful eating. Like, like for me, I go, you know, I look at these signals like. Uh, oh, I look in the mirror. Okay, I'm getting a little a little bit smoother. I'm gonna cut back on my carbohydrates a little uh, a little bit. Or it's the summertime. Fruit is really in season in the summer. I'm gonna include a little bit of fruit and see how I feel. Or um, I think I need more fat in my diet because my skin's you know feeling a certain way. Or I'm craving this particular food. Why might I be craving it? Maybe I need this particular nutrient. Or I yeah. haven't eaten organ meats for a while. Or I haven't eaten fish <clears throat> for a while. I definitely pay attention to cravings. That's something that, yeah, it, it, it's something that like stri- is striking for me. Like I, can, I know when I'm somewhat deficient in a, a type of a, a vegetable or something like that, that I'm just, I'm craving it because like my body just wants, wants that. So well, this is how, this is what inspired the nutrition survival guide. Yeah. So this way, this mindful way of eating, which, you know, if we ever get a complaint on the, the nutrition survival guide, somebody is going, hey, where's the exact diet? of Where's what the I'm meal sp- plan? Where's the meal plan of telling me exactly what I'm supposed to eat? Like, no, knucklehead. That's not that would be as generic as you could get. The idea is to teach you how to be mindful. And so we talk about eating, eating from uh, eating with color and learning how to choose from food groups and, mm-hmm. and, and giving you this wide selection of different foods. It isn't precise. Yeah, it has a, a macro counter in there so you can calculate and you can figure out precisely what you're supposed to be individually t- intaking. But the idea of the guide is to teach you how to just be mindful, understanding that, hey, you should be choosing so many fruits from here. You should be choosing so many foods from here. Well, even with like the fruits, like I got a question um, recently about like bananas and like, you know, why would that be something that, you know, maybe in terms of like the hierarchy of fruit, you know, if I'm looking at that, like from a glycemic, you know, index sort of perspective, like that's going to be higher on there. And so, you know, you have to like, it it just helps you to consider things is like, maybe I should stick with some berries, you know, more so it's going to go more towards my goal where I can get, you know, these type of phytonutrients that, you know, I need for a nice diverse uh, uh, gut biome. Uh, and, And just to, to add that in, because you do get a lot of benefit from fruits and fibers and, um, you know, lots of these nutrients. Um, but you know, like some of them are, you know, are a little higher. So you, you have to kind of have that knowledge. So you're not just grabbing, you know, something that like, like tastes, you know, sweet and yummy. That is, that's such a great point because you could take, let's take two meals. So one person has, uh, a salad that's full of all this, uh, you've got meats and nuts and, uh, maybe some cranberries in there. It's got spinach, uh, mixed greens, all kinds of stuff in there and veggies, mushrooms, all kinds of great valuable things in it. And, you know, four to six ounces of meat. And then, uh, then you got another meal where you go and you have uh, chicken breast and, and rice. Well, then you have the other person who eats, um, you know, decides that they're going to have, you know, a handful of almonds 
and they have a banana and then their their next meal they have you know rice and something else like those those two people believe it or not even though they're both eating healthy it's totally different it's totally mm-hmm. different what they're consuming and what they're getting and you know you don't really understand that until you track and then you and you compare and contrast those things and then once you've done that then you can do just like what Sal was saying like i i always do where i'll go okay Yesterday, you know, I had, you know, tri-tip and then I had a steak for breakfast. Okay, I had a real heavy uh, red meat day, you know, so today I'm going to target, you know, I'm going to try and get some chicken in there. I'll probably get some fish in there, you know, so I'm, I'm just kind of paying attention to, you know, and I'm not, you know, I don't care that the chicken breast is, you know, 100 less calories than the steak that I have. Like, I'm not really tripping because I'm not tracking. I'm not getting that crazy. I, but I am paying attention to the choices and that that I'm cycling my food and, I, and I'm rotating different things. That's in a there. good point because then you'll see people who will track and they'll be like, oh, crap, I need another 10 grams of fat. What do I do? Oh, I'm going to go eat two tablespoons of olive oil. Like what? Yeah. Like, just because they're trying to hit this like number, right. the specific number, and they're not really paying attention to how their body feels. And, or why, why are you eating a tablespoon of peanut butter after you eat all your, you know, your, after you eat your salad? Oh, I got to hit my macros. I'm like, well... But I mean, would you normally do that? Would you yeah. normally just randomly throw in? No, and not to mention that, and I and I've said this recently a lot lately. I've seen it on the forum. I've been inboxed on it a lot lately, and I think we even had a Q and A on this the other day. Is understanding that our bodies don't work on a twenty four hour clock. Mm-hmm. So this whole like, you know, these are your macros. This is your daily macros. You're supposed to say, well, it's not really your daily macros. It doesn't. Does yeah, it, you want to, You can average it out over the course of a week, and that's all that is. Is it's exactly so. If you're if you missed thirty grams of fat today, it's not like holy shit, that's going to be a big deal tomorrow. If you end up t- in taking fifteen to twenty or thirty grams more than what you were supposed to, you'll be fine. Well, and I got to admit that, like, and and I, and I honestly one hundred percent agree with you, Adam, as far as like getting really involved with like tracking macros and uh, just getting more educated as far as like the the uh, decisions that are going to make the most sense towards your individual goals and also like in in a way that's a healthy way so i'm actually benefiting my body uh internally and long term and all these kinds of things i'm considering and bringing down inflammation you know all these kinds of stuff but you know i also feel like um once I kind of transitioned out of that, right. And, and got into more intuitive stuff. Like for me, it was, it was fasting. And so talking along the lines of like looking at from a weekly uh, perspective, as opposed to a daily intake perspective, um, you know, that man, that was so liberating for me because it's like, you start looking at it as the entire week. So maybe like, Oh man, I was really overloaded yesterday. You know, and like I really I, I consumed quite a bit, you know, I'm not really going to consume that much and it's fine, you know, and then maybe the next day I'll, I'll go up. Maybe I'll be in the in, in the middle somewhere. Um, but it's 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 this ebb and flow uh, for the way that I can I can have flexibility in my life. Um, but at the same time, I know that I can come back if I'm trying to present myself in a certain way, I know how to do that. Makes life a lot easier. Yeah. Well, think of it this way too. Like, this is why I, I bring up the, the whole 24 hour clock and cause somebody was asking me, well, what I'm getting ready to do like a come off or what they were doing like a carb site or oh, refeed. They were asking about like a refeed and exactly how to do it. Like they wanted numbers and be precise. And it's like, well, it really depends on what your two to three days before that look like activity wise, what you consume. Because think of it like a like a car, and you know your your carbohydrates, your glycogen, right? Is your your body has got a gas tank, and you consume food, and it fills up your gas tank. Well, 
how much you did two day, how much you filled your gas tank up the day before will make a difference two days later. You don't run out of gas all the time right away every single day. Your body's still it's not like it's not like you go you empty your tank every day and then have to fill it from exactly. The, the body stores these glycogen uh, stores this glycogen for for energy later mm-hmm. on. And then uh, let's say you're you decide uh, <laughs> yesterday you're just hot rodding around and you're every time you come from a stop sign you throttle down and then you throttle down again. Like your body's going to utilize or your your car is going to use gas differently on that day versus a day when you're you're keeping the rpms at 3000 and you're just cruising everywhere and you're rolling to a stop and you're being very mindful of how hard you push the body's the same way too if you're throttling down really hard the how much energy and fuel you're using and what, what systems your body's having to kick in that stuff all matters so there isn't this exact formula and preciseness of yes you need to uh re, you should refeed 350 mil or 50 grams of this because you just came off this and this is your macro target is getting your brain wrapped around that panda muscle how do you define define respect mm. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Is, Find out what it means to me. Yeah. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Wow. Is this... Talk uh, out the TCP. Is this, this is Koi, right? Our boy our boy from the forum? Yeah. Is this Koi? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Great. He did a great video. The Mind Pump Mafia video. It's my favorite besides ours. Yeah. it's where, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, So these are videos, for those of you that are not on the forum, uh, people will buy the Mind Pump Mafia shirt. And then they'll, they'll video themselves destroying their supplements or throwing their supplements away or something like that. It's kind of cool. It's very cool because yeah. we didn't tell anyone to do it. It just kind of happened. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of think it's neat. It's pretty neat. Uh, how do you de- define respect? That's a tough one. You know, I hmm. I got to think about when I respect other people, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, when I respect someone else, um, I c- consider them a good person. Uh, I admire, I typically admire the people that I respect for whatever reason, whether it be because of their work ethic or their integrity mm-hmm. um, or, you know... It, Things that I tend to find admirable in people. Um, it's not fear. I think a lot of people think that you gain respect by making people scared of you. Um, you know, you, you see this a lot, especially, you know, with young males like, you know, that, that fool better respect me, you know. When you're looking for fear, fear is only fear only lasts as long as the guy is scared of you. As soon as he's not scared anymore, it's gone. And sometimes that means they're not around you. There's always a bigger, tougher guy out there. Yeah, or, or you're just not around now. Now now you're not around. He doesn't have to fear you anymore. There goes your respect. Yeah. Um, I think you know. I think you have to give respect to earn it a lot of times. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have very, very sensitive egos, and it's very difficult for them to uh, admit or even to, to say – you know, that someone else taught them something or someone else knows more than they do or someone else is better than them at something. And one of the best ways I've ever found that have got, that's gained me respect, and it's not because I'm, it's not like I'm out there seeking it. Um, that's the other thing too. If you're consciously trying to get respect from people, you typically won't get it. It just kind of happens. But one of the things that's, that I've noticed that people respected me for um, was my ability to uh, say I was wrong and to admit that other people are better than me or smarter than me or whatever in a particular subject. I think when you do that and you show that humility um, and you're humble in that respect, in that sense, people respect you for it versus, especially so common in the fitness industry where nobody wants to admit that they don't have all the answers. Everybody has all the answers all the time. I mean, you ask some of these fitness gurus, quote unquote gurus on, on social media, any question re- related to fitness and I guarantee you they're going to give you an answer, you know, like they have the answer. 
very few of them will say, you know what, I don't know, I really can't comment on that particular subject, or you know what, I don't know, but here's someone who does know. Mm-hmm. You'll see very few of them do that because their egos are too too sensitive, and I don't respect those kind of people. So, well, I think yeah, I think you, you nail a lot of things that I would consider um, you know respectable in my opinion as far as. You know, you, you look at somebody's character, their integrity, um, just their. But but for me, really, it it it's about it's about that mental fortitude. It's it's about um, you know resilient, being uh, able to overcome uh, whatever life throws at you, and uh, that could be in any form. You know, it could be somebody that's battling a disease or. Uh, you know, somebody that, that, um, all the odds are stacked against them or, um, you know, they, they worked really hard for something or, you know, it's just those type of characteristics that I feel like, uh, there has to be some kind of an adversity there that, um, is compelling that, you know, it, it draws me to that person because their, their ability to, uh, overcome that adversity. You know, I, I seek knowledge from that person and how they were able to do that, you know, And, and, and so, like, even if it is it, to be humble, right? If it's somebody that uh, has the ability to admit they're wrong and in, in that, um, and they're put under fire for it, but they have the humility to admit that, yes, you know, I need to work on this, or, or you know, I'm not good at this, but I want to be good. If you want to be good, that to me is respectable. Yeah, you know, I remember one a long time ago. Um, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine, and he was. Uh, very very tough guy. Um, he was a you know trained boxer. He was a wrestler. The dude could kick some serious ass. Um, but he was also very confident in his ability to do what he you know to to be able to do that. And I remember we were hanging out and some kid who he could have like killed him if he wanted to. Some kid got all up in his face and pushed him and you know got loud with him. And my buddy very confidently you know turned around walked away and said let's just go because it's not worth it. And I remember thinking, like, sure, the people around have no idea, mm-hmm. but I know what this guy is capable of. And I remember thinking, about, I gave him a tremendous amount of respect because he had the the, the ability to restrain mm-hmm. himself. He felt no threat from the guy. Of course, he would defend himself if he had to. But I remember having tremendous respect for him because he was he was he he didn't have to hurt anybody. He just eh, whatever. I'm going to turn around. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I had tremendous respect for him. But I, I looked up the word respect while you were talking, Justin. And it's it, you can use it. It's interchangeable as a verb with the word admire. So it's really about mm-hmm. how you admire people. And um, Oh, look at that. It actually lined right up with the word you said. Yeah, yeah. So it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, like I said, for me, people who work hard will always earn my respect. Mm-hmm. Hardworking people always I respect. Absolutely. Always. I um I guess I have a kind of a little bit different philosophy on all this. Um, first of all, I was raised, uh, you know, you, you do unto others have you want to do unto you. Right. So I felt like, you know, when I first, when I meet anybody and I, and I know, I know you guys, if you think hard about like all the relationships we've already had and encounters we've had with people that maybe we don't care too much about, I have this ability to, to find something about you that I do respect and like, and that's because I want it, I want it given back to me. And I know that I first have to give that, and so even when I meet somebody who somebody else would just be, oh, he's just a total douchebag or he's this or that, um, that's not my style. Like I'll, I'll I'll find out something about that person that I respect and that I like, and and I'll and I'll latch onto that instead of latching on all the things that I don't see eye to eye with that person. So it takes a lot for me to to not respect somebody 
Um, I always want to give that respect just because we have different views or mindsets or we might not go about life the same way. I respect that to each their own. We all have our own pathways. We all have our own morals. Who am I to say that you, just because our morals don't align with each other or our values or the way we look at life look, is completely different. I respect that. I respect you for being that that person. Um, if I If I don't respect you, that means you've really disrespected me. That means I've constantly given you that respect. Um, I've been a, a good person to you, and you have found a way to continue to disrespect me um, for whatever reasons that is. And at, at that point, um, then you have lo- I've lost respect for you. So I, I initially give people respect. I think sometimes probably more than I should, uh, but that's just my personality because I want to give everybody a chance. I believe there's good in every person. I believe... I believe most people do have good intentions. I think they're they're they can be tainted or jaded for whatever reasons, the way they grew up or whatever has happened to them or you know whatever. And and I'm always I always like to keep an open mind to that. I don't know this person's history. I don't know what they're going through currently. I don't know what's happened to them in the past to make them be or act the way they are right now. So, I'm going to give them respect because you know, maybe they're they're dealing with something that I couldn't deal with or I couldn't handle and just the fact that they're alive and moving and they're at work or they're doing whatever they're doing. Like I have respect for that. Like, you know, more power to them. I don't know your story yet, but if I, if I give you all that respect and I continue to give it to you, regardless of if you're an asshole or not, and then you, then you continue to disrespect me or not return, return that, then, then I don't like you. And then, then I don't, you don't have my respect anymore. And at that point you probably will never get it because I feel like I give it to you first and then it's something you can lose. So that's kind of how my philosophy is with respect. CK Fit Life. Can you intermittent fast on workout days? Shoot, yeah. Absolutely. Do it all the time. We talk about, uh, we outline all of this in our our fasting guide um, that we have on mindpumpmedia.com. But fasting, uh, I fast on days I don't work out, probably more consistently on days I work out, excuse me, than on days I don't work out because Mm -hmm. I feel really good. Like, when I, yeah, energetic. I feel way more energetic. Like if I eat a lot of food or too much food and or heavy meal, mm-hmm. you know, before my workout, I don't have nearly as good a workout right. as if I go into it fasted. Ironically, I find it easier on workout days to fast. Yes, really. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what, what do you find easier about? I find it easier because, like, let's say, like right now, I, I'm I'm getting hungry. So let's say I was fasted all morning long. Um, I would go to my workout right now, and once I start drinking that water and lifting, that hunger feeling mm-hmm. that I have goes away and it, and the the growth hormone production kicks up the adrenaline kicks up I get into the workout I get a great pump I feel phenomenal and then I'm no, and then I'm not starving afterwards like I would have well, thought it makes I would me be. yeah it makes me like look forward to my meal too you know yeah. it, it, like I do I feel like Sal mentioned I feel like it like weighs me down a bit in, in the workout you know I could feel it like kind of sloshing around and getting in my way uh, versus you know, just having that that energy spark and like I'm driving, uh, you know, towards the end of it, and then the reward there is 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 to to refuel. So. I I definitely think that there, there's huge benefits to both. Yeah, right. Like uh, I highly recommended uh, to people many many times to to fast on your your non active days. You know, it's a day off. You're gonna lounge around and watch TV. Like if there was ever a time you don't need a bunch of fuel in your body, that's the time. Um, so I would I would recommend on off days a lot to people, but those are I find those are the most challenging. Of course, because you're, you're si- not as busy. You're sitting around. Yes, like, I'd rather not fast on those days and fast on the days I work. Yeah, out. Yeah, so it's you know it takes uh, it takes more discipline. I feel like to fast on your off day. So if you actually already have success 
with fasting on your off days, incorporating a fast during your workout days, you might find are is even easier and you might enjoy it even more. No, so. And you've got plenty of energy stored uh, from your previous from the previous meal mm-hmm. when you're fasted. I mean, if I if I wake up in the morning and I don't eat anything and then I work out like I normally do, I normally work out anywhere between noon to two o'clock. So I don't eat a damn thing until maybe an hour after I start my uh, two hours after I start my workout. So my first meal is usually 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. is when I'll eat. So I don't need anything from wake up till then. Uh, I have a great workout and I have energy in my body from dinner and the you know the day before. It's not like I go in there with nothing. Yeah. You know, it, it carries over. There may be some days where you know I'm a little lower energy, and that's where I I might be more uh, inclined to get like a, a coffee or something or something with some caffeine. But like, it's not going to weigh me down as far as uh, you know eating um, you know through the workout. But um, you know, I'm not going to throw a bunch of sugar or anything in there for me to just get that kind of spike that I don't want that kind of energy because it, that's when I tend to, to have a lull in my workout. It is. And if I, if I do eat anything before my workout, it's hours before my workout. I really do not like going into a workout, having eaten an hour or two before it mm-hmm. just, I'm just fucking tired. I just get, I just get sleepy and sluggish. Yeah. If I ate like at 8am and my workout is at like 2pm, then I can do that. But I'm not going to eat at noon and then go work out at two. I'm just going to feel shitty. I, I talked about this strategy on my Periscope the other day because um, somebody was asking like post-workout you know, meal and when you eat this and that. I'm like, well, when I'm leaning down, especially if I'm incorporating intermittent fasting, I'm trying to stretch out as long as I can before I'm going to eat. Mm-hmm. So let's say, and this I just was just two days ago. So two days ago, um, I was, I did one of my intermittent fasts. So for me, I, I like to do like the, like a 17 hour, like warrior type of fast, right? I, there's, I mean, there's so many different types and names. Well, we like list, how many of them do we list? Six, in our fasting card? There's six, six different ones Please that are in there. And there's nothing wrong with, with modifying it for yourself too. Cause the real benefits kick in around 12 hours, around 12 hours. Uh, when you and of course that's a well, and they've also proven that like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the twenty twenty one hours or, or or longer is actually, the most beneficial. Is the most, yeah, yeah. between twenty four and seventy two is the the most benefits they've seen mm-hmm. uh, as the far. most they've studied anyway. Yes. Yeah. So and once again, like I was talking on an earlier episode or earlier question, I can't remember when I was talking about the whole fuel not twenty four hours. So all that stuff comes into a factor, right? If you had this huge ginormous meal. At 9 p.m. the night night before, you know you're going to have a lot more fuel and store energy at noon or one than the than the guy or the girl who you know did you know balls of the wall cardio before they went to bed and they had like you know fish and asparagus right that those two people their 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 fuel reserves are completely different so the fasting is going to affect them differently right so mm-hmm. you know you you want to get to at least that 12 hour mark but once you hit that 12 hour mark I'm really trying to push the fast as far as I can before I really feel like I need to feed the body. So I'll go and, you know, I'm like Sal, between noon and two is my workout. My, the, the other day, my last meal, the night before, was uh, I think at nine o'clock was the last meal I had. So then I planned to eat right around two. And if I could stretch it any longer, that's great. So, you know, 11 o'clock rolls around, I'm, I'm starting to get hungry and I'm like, oh God, I want to eat, but it's okay. I'm getting ready to go get my workout. And I know once I start lifting, uh, that hunger feeling will go away and I'll be into my workout. So sure as shit, I go to get my workout in have a great workout, feel energy, feels awesome, great everything, get done with the workout. And now that that starving feeling that I thought I had felt before has gone away and I'm still want something to eat, but I'm nowhere near like I feel like I need to eat. 
So then I just keep stretching out the fast. I decide I'm not going to eat for like another two hours. I waited till Katrina got home and then we had dinner together. So I ended up pushing like a 19, 20 hour fast instead of like a 17, like I would normally do. So if you're trying to lean out, there's huge benefits to that for you stretching that fast out for an even a longer period of time. You don't have to like, you know, try and time this where you work out and then you eat right afterwards. Yes, there's studies that show benefits to, you know, fueling the body right after a fast and right after workout, la, 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 la. But once again, we're splitting hairs. Yeah. I'll, I'll on- say the only people that should worry about fasted, you know, workouts are the real, the long endurance, endurance type athletes. athletes. Yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if you're going out and you're going to do a 15-mile run, Unless you're ketogenic. If you eat a ketogenic diet and you're fat adapted and you've been eating keto for a while, then you can definitely run uh, fasted because you've got plenty of fat stores on your body. But glycogen, we're pretty limited. And if you're a carbohydrate eating endurance athlete and you're doing really long 20-mile bike ride or you know, 10, 15-mile run and you know, you're a triathlete or whatever, then yeah, you're probably going to want to fuel yourself uh, you know, sometime before your workout and then maybe in the middle of your workout as, as well. Some of them will you know, snack on carbohydrates in between to give themselves energy but other than that for most people listening who go to the gym for an hour and lift weights and that's it i mean no fasting is not only can you fast on workout days but it's for for a lot of us uh it's fucking awesome most of it's ideal especially when you're trying to your goal is to lean down which i feel like most people that are incorporating intermittent fasting are trying to do just just make sure you do it right uh and again we have a fasting guide that outlines it grace belt who are your top five favorite UFC fighters, past and present? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I have, I don't watch a lot of mixed martial arts anymore, but I have a very, very special uh, connection and relationship to UFC because uh, I watched, you know, we bought the first UFC pay per view. The very, very, very first one oh, um, wow. when I was a kid. Well, I watched it before it was even on was v- Did you watch it on VHS? It under, when it was under guest. When yeah, it was, under, when it was underground. It, the World very, cage fighting, right? Is that what it was no, the first pay-per-view didn't come till later. No, the very first UFC was pay-per-view. The very first UFC one was pay-per-view. Mm. 100%. Oh, oh, okay. When it was US called, before it was called UFC. Before UFC, there were cage fighting that you could watch videos. Valet Tudo, you could watch. Yeah, great, uh, all the Gracies, yeah, all from, the Shamrocks, all those guys. And you'd watch them. like They would fight in Japan. Uh, you know, j- j- uh, The Japanese had... Um, tournament style. They, they had tournament style. They had no weight classes. Yeah, they had what's called shoot fighting um, or pain, you know, pancreation fighting, they'd call it, where... You could hit with an open hand to the face, and you could do all these so different awesome. moves. So awesome! a bitch slap you. Yeah, um, <laughs> Boss Rutan was the man with that shit. He would yeah. knock people out with a fucking slap. Yeah. He, was, he was the man. Anyhow, the very first UFC was pay per view. I remember as a kid watching the commercial for it, and it was they they advertised it like martial art versus martial art. Does what's the best you know style of fighting? Yeah. Boxing versus Capoeira. karate. Versus, yeah, yeah. And I was like, it was a fucking it was dream. Like madness. It was a dream come yeah. true for a kid like me who was. A huge it was martial like watching art. snakes and tigers fight, dude. Yeah. It was whoa. A, what's gonna happen? It was a huge. Uh, uh, I was a huge kung fu movie, you know, martial art movie watching kid. Loved Bruce Lee. Oh yeah, Enter loved the Dragon. All the old kung fu shit. Yeah, David Carradine. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> slow motion. Yeah, yes. real slow kicks. So I was always like, uh, you know, I, and it was always that debate when I was a kid, like, what's the best martial art? Now my dad was a judo competitor in, in Italy. Um, he was very good. And as a kid, I did some judo. But of course, when I was a kid, the popular martial arts were taekwondo, karate, mm-hmm. kung fu. When you watch movies, nobody did judo or jiu-jitsu. That's what was on, yeah. It was TV. all spin kicks and all this fancy yeah. shit. And so I'm like, this could be fucking awesome. So first one comes on. 
Now, my dad, who was a judo guy and also grew up very poor in Sicily and got in a lot of fights, like he kind of knew what time it was. So when they were coming on, he kept telling me, he said, watch out for the wrestlers and the judo guys. He goes, watch the right now. I remember thinking like, no way, dude, the kung fu guy's going to fuck him up. He's going to do, he's going to do fucking, you he's know, do the crane and yeah, kick his crazy head off. Shit, right. And, uh, I, nobody was paying attention to Hoist Gracie. Yeah. Hoist Gracie comes out. He's this skinny, he was like 180 something pound, tall, not muscular, not strong, not aggressive, Brazilian dude. Kind of looks like a nerd. Like if he came out on the street and I didn't know who he was, I'd be like, Pfft. Like, I'll kick that guy's ass, no problem. He comes out, and I'm like, he's going to get destroyed. Then you had Ken Shamrock in the first one, who's yeah. just, he looks like... Yeah, he's uh, all roided he's, out, he's, he's jacked up. He's all jacked, you know, huge. He's wearing a Speedo. He looks like like a... WWF wrestler. He does look like a WWF. Do you know who he looks like? Yeah. He looks like Soda Popinski from freaking, <laughs> from uh, uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Remember Mark, that? Mark. Yeah, so he looks like that kind of built. Yeah. So we're watching this, and I'm like, and one of the first fights uh, was uh, it was a savat fighter, which is French kickboxing, and he fought a sumo wrestler, and the sumo wrestler charged him. The savat fighter, uh, Gerard, what was his name? I don't remember his name. He sidesteps the the, the sumo wrestler, hits the cage, and kind of falls because he's fucking huge, right? <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't know how to control his weight very well. As he's trying to get up. The savant fighter just just kicked him in the mouth yes. and knocked out like four of his teeth. <laughs> just pull, and you don't see that for no. reals on TV. Yeah. He just as he's trying to get up, like That's the fat so dude's like trying to get up, uh, and he just bang and just teeth everywhere. Yeah, and goes and throws a punch, and then he fucking the the sumo guy doesn't know what to do, gives up, and fight was over. And that's when you realize like this is uh, this is not like the movies. Like yeah. this is crazy shit. Whoa! Then there was another fight where. And it didn't look pretty. That was the thing. Like, it didn't look pretty. They were, by the way, this is before they wore gloves, before they... These guys were just beating on each other. And I remember thinking, like, what the fuck? And then uh, Ken Shamrock fought a kickboxer, took him down, and broke his ankle. Meanwhile, Hoist Gracie is like, he's taking people down methodically, choking him out. And then he fought Ken Shamrock, choked him out. And at the end of this, I remember thinking that, that Hoist Gracie was a god, because here's this guy who was skinny, wasn't strong, didn't, like, do any, like, devastating, just totally used technique and submitted everything. So he became like, to me, Hoist Gracie's always going to be the ultimate well, that's why you see UFC fighter. Yeah, you see jujitsu. Well, has, now this has his- to be considered in any MMA fight well, the now thing, because the, of him. The now funny- that this history lesson's over, yeah. what are your top five? I know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying. Thank you. Well, I, I, don't I, almost, I had to look at the whiteboard. I'm like, thank you. what Adam. the fuck was the question yeah. again? Was yeah. it uh, yeah, the history of UFC? How did well, it start? Or- that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Our top five. <laughs> That, that, that I knew it was, was leading eventually Hoist, to Hoist Gracie. Yes. Who's your five? There's Hoist Gracie, definitely there. Okay. Randy yeah. Couture, definitely Damn, he's there. Mine. Okay. Old motherfucker. We're probably all going to have some. Yeah. For sure, Randy Couture is yeah, in my Randy Couture. Couture. my favorite. BJ Penn, definitely there. Yeah, uh, BJ is a beast. Oh, I love BJ Penn. Um, and after that, I don't know if I can really name anybody else that's really like my... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have some for, I have some for you. Dude. You do Chuck Liddell, Chuck man. Liddell. How could you not Chuck Liddell's my Chuck favorite, Liddell, bro? I like Chuck. Chuck's my favorite. I like Raging Chuck. Raging beast. Yeah, he was yeah. cool, but uh, I love the way he knocked. But he, I wouldn't out, say he's dude. my favorite now, dude. He was Chuck. the most of an animal I've ever seen. Chuck Liddell Tito was fun to watch nah. back in the Chuck day. Chuck Liddell, Randy uh-huh. Randy Couture, George St. Pierre <laughs> killed him. Um, I I would say Gracie too has to be in there. Boys, Gracie has to be in there. He was he was a badass, and he was one of the OGs for yeah. sure. And the first time you see a guy that small, like choking dudes out that are twice his size, was just so cool. Yeah. So you got Chuck Liddell, you've got Couture, Couture for mm-hmm. sure. You got Saint Pierre, Boys. Um, you, you like Saint Pierre? Huh? Yeah. You dude, don't like I, BJ? I, I do oh, like oh, Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz, one of my top. Oh, really? Yes, because 
He is. He spits on people and he. No, he's just. An asshole. No, because he's a he's a pure like he's a fighter for sure. Yeah, in the purest sense. Same thing with BJ Penn. Like, there's some fighters that just in the purest sense. Yeah, you're like I know he's a fighter outside of this. Like, yeah, they would do it for nothing. Like, if they were just paying them fucking free beer, they'd be in there fighting. You know what I mean? And I really, I really respect that. And so Nick's got to be. And then Anderson Silva. Those are my five right there. Those five to me. Yeah, I I like Vanderlei Silva. The axe murder. Now, do you like Vanderlei from? Pride, Pride or Vanderlei? Pride Vanderlei. Yeah, dude. I like. Anna, oh, okay, yeah. so, I like. I like. Oh, anabolic, so that's a different. That's a I like different, anabolic uh, Vanderlei. <laughs> I just broke the rules, didn't I? Yeah, because if you yeah. go outside the UFC, no, I got other fighters you're too. Right? No, he was different when he Mirko Krokop from the Krokop from Pride. Oh my god, dude! He, he would just d- d- destroy he, people. He, with he his went kick. over to UFC for a little bit. He did. Yeah, he none of them are so well. None of them are good in the UFC because they went from Pride, no drug testing, to UFC. Well, then Fedor, you know, Fedor. Fedor was crazy. Oh, okay. Here we go. Ultimate Sakuraba. Kazushi Sakuraba from Pride. Okay. The Gracie Hunter. That fucker was, is just a true, in the Japanese spirit of samurai, that guy just takes a beating and keeps coming at you, and his technique yeah. is so unorthodox. Loved watching Sakuraba. So it sounds fight. like we, we all... Okay. We only had Couture. Yeah, with Justin, where you're uh, Hold on. Couture. Uh, uh, Liddell, you said. Liddell. You know... <sighs> I, I really like John Jones, and I know that's a popular pick oh, just because yeah, no. he's like doing cocaine. We I, like him, I, dude. He's crazy. Yeah, he, he, like so you much, know why I so like him, tons, dude? Of, tons of potential. I'm just gonna, dude. He just like every fight is different with him, and I feel like he he focuses on a new skill and like he just picks it up. Like that's how I, I felt. See, I felt like, and I th- if you probably asked him who who probably um, inspired him was you know Anderson Silva. Anderson yeah. Silva. I mean, God, the guy defended his title. You'd argue both of them are the greatest ever. Here's why I don't like Anderson Silva, because he'll showboat in his fight. And he'll and he's fucked up because that's like Ali stuff. Yes, no, like, no, like no, 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 no. He could you, back it up. You are allowed to showboat Fuck when you're yeah, the baddest man that. on the planet. Yeah. Not, on your way. It's not the showboating. 100. It's not the showboating. Is that if you're going to showboat, don't get caught because he got caught showboating. Yeah, but yeah, bro, he's like four Ali years never old. got he caught. Like, he was like at the end of his career. Yeah, but Ali eventually. Yes, he did. He didn't get caught showboating. Yes, mm. yes, he did. Maybe his not, showboating was part of his strategy. Show me the film. Yeah, and there's not there, and it's different, right? When you you can get showboating and get hit in the face from boxing, and get not knocked out right away. But at UFC, you've got your chin out there, and someone connects, you're going lights out, which yeah. is what happened to him. Oh, here's a fighter. Yeah, right. I don't know if you guys do. You guys remember Caro Parisian? Yes, mm-hmm. loved Caro because uh, he was a judo guy, and I'd never seen anybody take and just fucking judo throw people like he did. Yeah. He would throw everybody like five times. In a oh, fight. you know what? I should have Ronda Rousey on there. I, li- I love. Oh her. yeah, yeah, Rousey. She's, she's, she's one amazing. of my favorite, definitely fight, favorite fighters to watch fight, and it broke my heart when she lost. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's just like like I was mentioning that that whole kind of bringing something new each time. I think is such a skill set now for like your your current fighters like it's like it's so tough because it's like well what are you doing for this camp it's like it almost has to change like f- every single time well all of us being big fans and it's have crazy been, have, have watched mma moves. since the beginning yeah. like it has evolved so much and i was explaining this to katrina and like the whole ronda rousey thing because she was like oh my god i can't believe she lost it i said here's the thing she was she was the the Michael Jordan of the female MMA world right now. Now, and that's just like when I tell people, I'm sorry, 
and I love Michael. Michael Jordan is by far one of my favorite all-time athletes. But LeBron James would just squash Michael. He's just he's as talented. Whoa. He's genetically Great. bigger, stronger. Now we got a bunch of hate mail. Well, no, yeah. listen, listen to listen to the theory behind this. It's just it's the sport oh, has listen, evolved. You're talking about my Michael. The sport has evolved so much. Those people were so far ahead of time. Rhonda, it was so far ahead of her time when she entered the sport. Now you're starting, and that's remember when we yeah. first watched MMA, like you're saying, right. Gracie would get killed now. Gracie would get killed by. You think, ba- yeah, but basketball. You think basketball? And he did. You saw but that. Do you, like, do you think basketball evolved that much from the nineties? Yeah, basketball has been around a long time. See, MMA is so new that yes. it, it's changed dramatically. But the, yes, dude, absolutely. You think just so? just like that. Look how much MMA has evolved in five years. Well, I think it, yeah, it, MMA it moves new. so quick because like it doesn't have the same sort of laws and and you know there's a lot more room for creativity versus like a, a football or something like that where like everything is like standardized by like you know you can't go out of bounds here you you can't tackle them this way oh wait we're all going to collectively agree that you can't do it this year you know this way it's like you know, you have that in MMA, but I feel like there's so many different variations here, here, of the sport that it's all this like it's this art form kind of like clashing against this other art form. Here's why you cannot compare MMA to basketball. This is why right here. People who play pro basketball have been playing basketball their whole lives for the most part. Very few people come out of college and say, hey, I'm going to pick up basketball and then go to the pro. That MMA this, is totally different. This is why I'm going to stop you and why you're totally wrong. Well, let me finish. <laughs> let, me, why, yeah, let me finish. Why first. was my OK? Wait, Liz, what you just said. Why was Michael Jordan so great? Because he was the one of the first to be playing basketball and shoot just like Tiger Woods, three years old, hitting a, hitting a goal. Those people evolved the sport. Michael Jordan right. evolved the sport of basketball. Ronda Rousey evolved the sport of MMA for females. How long has she been doing MMA? She hasn't been doing MMA for a long time, but she's been fighting for competitively. But that's my point. My point is MMA has changed as drastically as it has because we're just now... Just now, we're going to start seeing people who have been training MMA grown up with their it. whole lives yeah. because all it's been before, you know, Chuck, you know, uh, uh, Chuck Liddell was a fucking, you know, he was a boxer and a Kempo guy. You're right. You know, Randy Couture yeah. was a, was a Greco-Roman wrestler. Randy Couture fought out of his prime. His prime was when he was in training as an alternate in the Olympics. It would be like this, like uh, it would like, be like taking Randy Couture and training him. As a child, instead of going just straight Greco, training him MMA, and then having him fight in his prime MMA, then you'll see what's happening. And you're just starting to see that a little bit now. In about 10 years, you're going to see it for reals. We're going to see these fighters that are just experts at MMA, and they've been doing it their whole life. Well, it's, it's, it's a lot of different, like, okay, so the way I look at it from what you're saying is if you take, like, football and you take, you know, there would just be a game versed like where, where guys would just throw it to each other, right? The, 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 the long passing game, right? Then there's just the running game, you know, then there's just, you know, kickoff. Then there's just kicking field goals. You know, all these are, are separate sports by themselves. Now we're collectively bringing that into one organized sport as one thing. And so, you know, like <laughs> that, that, I it's guess a, that makes sense on that end. It's exactly the same. Okay. You could talk about how the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's are evolving the game of football. Yeah. Now it's expected. If you're an NFL quarterback, you have to know. You have to know the defense and the playbook like the back of your hand. Does that mean that Joe Montana didn't do it very well back then? No, don't talk about my boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, those guys did it, but let me tell you right now the 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 way that Peyton Mannings and the Tom Brady's come to the game now has evolved and changed how quarterbacks will in the in the. It's intensified. You're right. It's gone exponential levels. And that's that's the same thing in any of these sports that exist. Let me ask you this because you you know a lot. You're a huge basketball fan, Adam. Let me ask you this: Has 
the average scores of games gone up, down? Has that changed at all? Has like yeah, the, yeah. Has statistics changed? My point. My point is like, do you see more? Yeah, yeah, no, no. You do. Still, Look yeah. how many three point shots yeah. are, are yes. made, and that's evolving and changing now, now too. Yeah. So that's different than it's yeah, more or less. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, okay. it's so much. I mean, more dunks, guys got higher bigger, elevation, exactly. longer guys get three bigger, points. They make more dunks, and then yeah. it's all inside game. You, you you strategize around like getting like a collective uh, team put together that has these two monster tower guys, right? But now you know somebody like the Warriors come in. What do we do with them? Because they got this outside perimeter game that's like unstoppable. Dude, I wanted to do a whole episode about yeah. this, but I know you don't like sports. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like, yeah, but finally. Let me, let me tell you, like, I mean, this is the stuff we're I we're love. Out of time, you know, you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> nerding out on sports and that's why I could sit here and draw parallels to every sport yeah. to every sport let me tell you where basketball so OKC just gave the Warriors the biggest run ever right for their money like and they barely and now you see us with I mean Cleveland won last night or the night before but whatever dude Warriors gonna smoke them. Yeah. you can just tell by the way we're playing them but here's the thing it's the the playing field is becoming so even now. With you're now you come out of the womb, you're play. If you're gonna be, you were born. Your dad and mom were basketball players. You're practicing basketball already. You're practicing all the crafts of it. You're an MMA fighter. You come out from MMA fighters. You're getting practice early on, all the arts early on. So we're evolving the sport so much now. The finest little things are gonna make the difference. For example, you take a team like OKC, and one of the things that a lot of people don't pay attention to is their their wingspan, yeah. the length of their arms. How much they cover on the, on the in court. In comparison to anybody else. Because when you're at the professional level, and MMA is getting here, but once you're at the professional level, you are already... It's incremental. Uh, yes. You're already the, the top of the gene pool. No, it's true. You're at the top of the That's gene true. pool for that sport. You've been practicing since you were born. Yeah. You're the best of the best. You made the professional level. Now, putting together or you know, defining these things like, hey, what if I take five pros, and it's what it's what uh, what's-his-face did for the A's. He changed the game of... Is that the money ball? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, he... This Boom, same, I know some shit. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Billy so, Bean, bro. So the, what you're going to see now is... OxyClean? Is yeah. taking a player no. and saying, okay... That's great. You know, he's, you know, in college, he did all this, this and that, but I want to measure his wingspan. Oh, look, it's one and a half inches longer than this guy that we're going to have to pay $20,000 more. We're going to go ahead and take the guy who's uh, a little cheaper and got two more inches on his wingspan yeah. because when we end up putting five guys together that all have an inch to two more than the average in the NBA, yeah. we now have closed the It becomes the gaps chemistry. And, you're you're yes. putting together the molecules that, that are going to work best together as one thing. And, you know, you do, it's crazy how you look at that like how all sports have analytics on their side now and how technology is completely changing the landscape like they'll they'll take like all the statistics of like basketball right they'll take how many times like it took them to dribble down the court you know the stride they'll they'll take like how many jump shots they hit you know from the corner uh well of course when you, you have know, that much money yeah when you have that much money involved you're going to spend a lot of money on figuring all. Dude, that's the next steroids. I yeah. mean, it's it's going to supersede like. Well, it is that that the, the genetic person that TED talk that we watched what two years ago just shattered my paradigm because, you know, in the past, I, even all the knowledge you thought I, it was all steroids. I did. I, if you were to ask me what is the difference between LeBron James and Michael Jordan, I'd say anabolic steroids. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I would say. I would say or whatever they he's got a hold of. You know, what I'm saying because I who knows what they, they're they're doing in a in a chem lab right now and making for our professional athletes. 
But I would have I would have attributed to that when after watching that TED talk, I was like, holy shit, no, we are just getting that analytical That's about it. the about the gear that they're wearing, about the courts that they're playing on, the ball that they're shooting with, the track they're running on, the pool they're analysis. swimming in, the caps they're wearing. And don't think for a second that they don't change the field or change the mound mm-hmm. or change the the ball because or the golf ball because they know that audiences like high scoring games. Yes. They know this. Yes. And they they'd rather see home runs than strikeouts, for and example. So I feel like we see what we're seeing and why it's a fascinating thing for me to watch MMA is 10 years ago when I watched, it was just like you said, you watched a boxer fight a jiu-jitsu guy. You watched a grappler, you know, fight a sumo guy. You watch these different arts go, well, now, if you're anybody at the top of the game, you got to be well-rounded. you got to have a piece of all of that. If you're a pro, if you're a pro, you got to be pretty damn good at damn near all of them if you're going to hang or be the best of the best. And it will that'll be a requirement. No, you'll never see anymore. And right now, Ronda Rousey just got beat by a, an elite level boxer because she didn't have elite level boxing un, under her belt. Well, she just bottom she, line, she was forced to fight the other girls' game. Exactly, and, she lost and that, that and that you'll in five years in with women's MMA, you won't see that anymore. No, and you I think no. no, and I will say this: Ronda will beat her. If she gets a hold of her and puts her on the ground, she'll crush her. And I think that'll happen right. if they fight again. I hope so. So, yeah. Hey, listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And go to mindpumpmedia.com. We have the fasting guide on there, but we also have all of our MAPS programs. These are workout programs designed to help you build muscle, burn body fat, improve your athletic performance. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.